is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Rashad V. Chambers, we talk about time management, being true to oneself, what makes you unique, and of course, ain't too proud. So I hope you enjoy this part two with Rashad V. Chambers. How has your time management gotten better? How do you, how do you schedule your day, your week? What does that look like? It varies by day, to be honest, but it's usually pretty full. I think the sure. first thing that I try to do is is practice forgiveness every day um, because there are only 24 hours. And I think sometimes we beat ourselves up when we don't get all the things on our to-do list done. Right. So I really just try to schedule it in a way that allows me to be most productive and um, and have balance. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like to start my day with a nice workout. Mm-hmm. So I'm usually up you know, at 6.30ish, go to the gym and then and then come to the office. And I really try to allow myself to be human, schedule meetings, but also make sure I have enough time to eat. And, you know, and and, and just take some time in between them to, um, you know, to take notes or to or just to let my brain rest for a minute. And then I, I pretty much go until about seven or so, you know, so it's a pretty full day. But I'm usually bouncing in between the worlds, whether it's something for my clients, whether it's uh, a project that I'm producing, but I really um, try to keep a pretty regimented schedule from about nine to seven and some weekends when required. Sure. Of course. Of course. How, okay. So how have you gotten better at saying no? It's my default. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I really, I really, um, I'm a, I really like to nurture people. I like to mentor and I like to be involved with a lot of things, mm. but I, I really try not to do anything to my own detriment. So if I feel like it's going to be too taxing or it's going to take away from something else that I prioritize, it's very easy for me to say no, because I really think about the bigger picture every day. Mm. And, um, there's always going to be a, a carrot dangling, but you really have to weigh the cost benefit analysis of it. Yeah. For example, when I get um, inquiries from new talent, mm. I think about, is this person going to be worth me taking time away from a client that's already in my existing roster? Or I just had to say no to a, a Broadway show because I have another off-Broadway show that I'm working on. Mm. And so I said, you know, as much as I want to work on this show and work with these people, is it worth me taking the time away from the money that I'm about to raise for the other project? So I really try to take an analytical approach to it all to figure out how it affects my entire bandwidth in the bigger picture. Mm. That's a really good point. That's really well um, articulated. Do you have daily rituals or like a text you refer to daily or is there a mantra, any mantras you revisit? I don't. Okay. Okay. I don't. Nope. I just get up and go. (laughs) How's your balance between achievement versus fulfillment? Oh, that's a great question. Hmm. You know, I am always just working on enjoying the journey. And that really fulfills me. I think that achievements sort of ebb and flow. But for me, it's really about just enjoying every step of the way. And it it took a while to get there. But I remember a a friend saying to me, 
you know, you're doing really great things and you have to take a step back to think about just even the people that you can call right now that you couldn't call five years ago. And it was a good lesson to me that you can't just be happy when you get the Broadway show or the Tony or whatever other accolade you're, you're seeking. Hmm. You have to enjoy, you know, doing the little reading at music stands hmm. or having this coffee meeting with this person because it's hard work mm. and there was a lot of uh, grunt work and hard days that are not enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example. I did a, I produced a show in London three years ago. And when we moved into the theater, it was really gross and I didn't feel comfortable having the actors and the cast um, work backstage or be in the dressing rooms when we're expecting them to sing and give 100% and there's dust and dirt and it was really bad. So my producing partner, the associate director and I cleaned the bathrooms, the hallways and the dressing rooms. And um, I was not happy about it, mm -hmm. but it was one of those things that I had to do for the greater good. And so it's that's an example of like, yeah, those are days when the work sucks, but mm. you know, a few days later we were in previews and opening night and you know, it was worth every bit of that sort of, uh, I'll call it sacrifice, I guess, um, to do that. So that's sort of what I think about in terms of fulfillment is doing things that you love and regardless of whether you get the achievement out of it, you're still happy. And then when the achievement comes, it's like the cherry on the Sunday. Mm. That's a really good point. And I think it also helps, which is what it definitely sounds like has happened there, is remaining humble regardless of what happens in life, you know, regardless of what accolades. Yes. I try, depending <laughs> on who you ask. They may say that I, I don't always succeed at that. But uh, no, but for me, it's it's really about the work. And I'm really proud of all of the achievements, but it's it's just such a, a joy, honestly, to be able to do what I love every day. You know, and I think coming from a world where I was in law school, I was in business school, I have a lot of friends who are partners at major Fortune 500 companies and major firms throughout the country who are not fulfilled. You know, they've achieved high success, they make a lot of money, they have huge accolades. But, you know, it is a little bit um, mundane at times for them. And they, they're a little bit like uh, Leo and the producers. So um, it's just a reminder that, like, the grass is always greener. And just to continue just to do the work that fulfills you and makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you, you know, playing with me here as we jump around. I want to talk yeah, for course. a second about Esquire uh, Entertainment. What was the what was the journey to to that company? So when I first moved here, I met um, a guy who was building up his own talent management company, and I never really expected to be an entrepreneur or to get into the world of representation. But we really hit it off, and it seemed to have um, a number of transferable skills that that. Um, was a good fit for me. So mm -hmm. we worked together for about four years. And then at the end of that period, I really didn't feel like we were quite on the same page. So I, I took a leap and decided to branch out and start Esquire. Mm 
And I really set it up to be sort of a 50-50 split between talent management and production and to to manage a lot of multidisciplinary disciplinary artists, excuse me, mm. that are actor writer, actor director, actor producer, et cetera, um, and manage their careers in theater, TV, and film, but also on the production side, be able to develop and produce uh, theater, TV, film projects, either that they created or I created on my own. And I really just have the two sort of work in tandem for the for the greater good. And a lot of the projects that I've been working on have either come through clients or are things that I worked on with clients. That's how it all came to be. And I just celebrated my 11 year anniversary last month. Congratulations. How does it feel? Thank you. It feels really amazing. I, I just, this is not what I saw on my crystal ball, but I'm really <laughs> quite honored to be able to do it. You know, there's nothing quite like um, the relationships that you have with clients and being able to call somebody and say that they booked their first Broadway show or they booked their first TV episodic is really um, quite rewarding. Yeah. Now, as you're, I mean, you're hitting all angles of this entertainment industry in so many different uh, equations, I guess. Are you choosing yes. uh, an order or an amount of which side of the entertainment industry you're, you're bouncing between? Or is it kind of just what comes to you if it's, you know, speaking loudly enough? That's where you're going. I'm just letting it be organic, to be honest. Like, you know, I'll always have my staple of clients that I work with. And then on the producing side, you know, it comes down to um, who am I meeting with and what projects are speaking to me and whether I want to take the time to develop them. Mm -hmm. Because um, theater, particularly musicals, take a long time. And yeah. so um, you really have to be... Um, on board with the idea of, you know, you may be working on this for seven, eight years before it actually sees the light of day. Um, so I just let that sort of the art speak to me and make a decision from there. Do you find any particular stories that excite you more than others? Or is there any that are, you know, you're focusing on now that you enjoy more? Yeah, it depends on the piece, but I really like thought provoking shows that start a conversation whether it's you know we all agree on this or, or there's a little bit of a debate um um i'll give you an example my, my first broadway show as a producer was american sun mm. and that was such a beautiful first show because i got to see what it was like to work on a play um with a star that just had this really amazing message mm. and i remember one night i had two different friends um who had never met and are you know, kind of looking at it from two different walks of life. And one is a, a single black woman. The other one is a married white woman with, with a child. And they, you know, they shared tears over the play, even though they had just met that night. I mean, their only uh, commonality was me, you know, in terms of, you know, they didn't know each other before that. And I remember the, the mother saying, you know, there's this monologue that Carrie's character said in a show about, at night, like peeking into her son's room just to, you know, check on him and make sure he's breathing. And she was like, I do that sometimes. And I always feel like I'm crazy or being neurotic. But she was like, I don't know what it's like to have a black son, but I know what it's like to be a mother. 
and they just talked about that and 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 shared tears over it and so those are the type of projects that I love to produce. It doesn't always have to be, you know, something as dramatic as that, but something that connects us as, as human beings and allows us to share and just let the onion peel back a bit and really relate. And I think that that's something that is important to me. I think oftentimes um, art holds up a mirror to society and shows us different perspectives and empathy and, um, you know, those are the projects that really speak to me most. And of course I like to laugh too. So I, you know, I do comedies and things of that nature, mm. but I really want to do something that, that has a message that has um, diversity and um, inclusion involved with it and a combination of all those things. Mm. Do you have a favorite failure or apparent failure that set you up for success? A favorite failure. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like every day it's 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 a, it's a roller coaster ride. Um, sure, sure. As I told you, I don't really believe in failure, but right. let me think about a learning experience that um, set me up. Um, well, I guess I guess my journey in moving to New York. You know, my last year of of law school, um, I had worked for a firm in Ohio. Um, the summer between my third and fourth year. And, you know, I was really open to staying there. It was a nice, decent sized firm. And they sat me down one day um, and said, listen, we really love you. We need to hire an attorney right now. And we don't know if we're going to be in a place to hire another one by the time you graduate and take the bar. And so given the fact that I knew that I most likely wasn't going to have a job, that was sort of the reason why I decided to take the leap and just move to New York right out of school, even though I didn't have a job, was because I was like, well, there aren't really any other firms that I want to work for here. And mm -hmm. why not at least try my dream? Um, and so that that really was the reason why, like, okay, well, I'm going to take the leap right now. Um, I know that's not really a failure, but that's like something that I didn't get that ended up being the catalyst for me making another decision. Well, I love that because... I, yes, I do agree with you. I really don't think anything is our failures. They may appear as such, or, you know, by social standards be qualified as one, but you're really, it's setting you up for something else, either a lesson or, you know, that, what is it? Door shutting windows opening kind of situation. Yes. So I love that. Absolutely. Are there any common pieces of incorrect advice that you hear in business or in life? Incorrect advice. Hmm. I'm not sure. You know, hmm. I, I guess if I had to think of one thing off the top of my head, it's just that sometimes people try to put others in boxes yeah. and make them very cookie cutter. And I think that the, the beauty of all of the people that I meet is that they're individuals. Mm -hmm. And that nobody has the same path. Yeah. So I think to say, like, you have to go to this school or you have to get this training in order to be successful, um, I think is true for some people, but not for all. Mm -hmm. So I think you as a person need to figure out what's the best path for you, because there are some people just like if you look at artists, like there are some people who go 
to Juilliard or Yale, and they have, you know, amazing, amazing stepping stones. And there's some people who just graduate from college and start working in and are still successful. Maybe it takes them a little bit longer, but they still find it out, find their way. So I guess that would be the thing is just that, you know, you have to do things a certain way, as opposed to really figuring out who you are and what's the best path for you. Another great point. Because, and I've noticed this in my own life too. The second I stop trying to be anything but myself, <laughs> all of a sudden things start to roll, you know? It's yeah. Amazing I, I often, I often get asked to talk to a lot of um, acting students, whether they're in conservatories or, or other programs. And I always say like, find what makes you unique mm. because the thing that you probably hate about yourself and you've been trying to change for years is the thing that probably makes you special mm -hmm. I love and lean that. into that lean into that because those are the things that you know um that really set you apart i love that are there during this time especially changes you've made that have increased positivity and decreased negativity Yes, I think so. I mean, I've won. I've, I've taken this very difficult time to push a reset button on my own life and make sure that I'm, you know, leading it the way that it needs to be led and finding more balance and all of those things. But um, I've also had the pleasure of being a part of two new organizations. Um, one is called the Industry Standard Group, which is sort of a um, an organization designed to have more BIPOC investors and producers in commercial theater. And the other one is called Theater Produ Producers of Color, which is a 10-week a educational program for aspiring BIPOC producers. And um, those are two things that I think are going to help create more diversity in the theater industry, um, which I think is a very positive thing. Mm -hmm. And so opposed to dwelling on the fact that there aren't a lot of people that look like me in theater on the producing side and on the business side um instead of complaining about that doing something to actually create change and and make a difference in the future so i had the pleasure of getting involved with both of those like smack dab in the middle of the pandemic and mm -hmm. and have been working on them both for the last 15 months so um, I think that's a good example of something positive that, that has uh, come out of this. What are you most looking forward to as theater reopens and time rolls forward? I, I'm, I'm just excited that theaters are, theater is back and that audiences can relive the magic of theater. I think it's, it's such an amazing gift to life and to, and to the city. Mm. But I am really, really excited for Ain't Too Proud to reopen on Saturday. I'm going to the invited dress rehearsal this Friday and I'm, I'm just so thrilled to see it in action again. And it's it's the show of all, of all the shows that I've done, it's the one that really changed my life and my career. So it'll always have a special place in my heart. I love that. That's gonna be a real celebration. I can't, I can't wait to hear about it. Uh, metaphorically speaking, if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see, does anything come to mind? I'm going to say the word grace. Okay. I think it's something that's important. I think it's something that we all need and we all need to learn to give a little bit more. Mm. Um, every day we meet people who are, 
suffering in silence or or dealing with something that we have no idea what they're dealing with. And I think if we all just granted a little bit more grace every day, the world would be a better place. And I often think about, you know, if we all just took, you know, an extra 10 seconds to hold the door for the person after us, or to just say a, a, a more heartfelt thank you, you know, we would all be better off. And so it's something that I try to, to lead with and try to incorporate in my life every day. It's not always easy, but it's something that I think is, is so important. Yeah. 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 That's a daily practice for sure. And it's a great reminder. Yes. So I appreciate that. Yes. Is there anything grace, else you want to, yeah, right. Exactly. Grace, grace, <laughs> grace. Is there anything else you want to add here before we wrap up? Just to, for anyone listening to this, just to keep pursuing your dream and keep figuring out your path and don't forget to use your resources. So many times, you know, we forget that the people next to us may be able to help out. And even if they can't help out, they may know somebody else who can. So share your art and just keep fighting that fight and, and making sure that you're enjoying your journey. Beautiful friends, Rashad V. Chambers. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.